Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? Who through life has been my guide? But sin will often make you very selfish. It shrinks your world down to where everything becomes about you. Okay, just me. And everything becomes about me. You know, it shrinks my world down. But here's the thing. Also, here's a lesson out of this Herod Antipas. See how quick he jumps to conclusions? In your own life, isn't it amazing how sin will cause us to jump to conclusions? You know, have you ever seen somebody do something and you immediately apply your fault and your sin to them? Our sin, first of all, looks really ugly on other people. Have you ever noticed that? Oh, man. But secondly, you know, if somebody fails you or somebody does something, how quick are we to diagnose them with our problems? Have you ever experienced that? I guess I'm alone in this. So it'll be a therapy session. You guys will be my therapist, and I'll just, I'll just share all my sins with you today. But have you ever done that? You'll often diagnose others with your own sin, with your own issues. You're so quick to make judgments. It's one of the most heartbreaking things in the church. I see it all the time. And you know, I've been guilty of it too. And so you have to just take a deep breath. And don't get paranoid. And don't jump to conclusions about people. You know what I always say? Why not think the best about people? Even if it's not true. What does it hurt? Well, I might get hurt. Yeah, you will. That's called life. But just think the best about people. Why jump to those horrible, evil conclusions? Think the best about people. You know, um... But Herod, he's paranoid, and he's thinking the worst, and he thinks somehow that John the Baptist has come back from the dead to get him. And look at verse 16. But when Herod heard, he said, This is John, whom I beheaded. He has been raised from the dead. What happened before that is in verse 15, the men come to him, these people come to him and say, No, it's Elijah. In another gospel we hear, they say it's Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. But here in verse 16, Herod's not hearing any of it. He's so paranoid and so self-consumed. Nope, it's John the Baptist. He's come back to haunt me. That's essentially what he's saying here. And then look at verses 17 through 20. For Herod himself had sent and laid hold of John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, for he had married her. By the way, he dumped his other wife, who was a Nebatean princess, and it caused a huge war and killed thousands of people just to marry Herodias. And Herodias will be his downfall eventually. I won't go into that today. But here's the thing. There's another lesson or two for all of us. You know, be careful the compromises you make because it will hurt people around you. But also know this, the reason Herod is so paranoid is because he knows he killed John the Baptist and he knows he shouldn't. So verse 18, because John had said to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Therefore Herodias held it against him and wanted to kill him, but she could not for Herod feared John knowing that he was a just and holy man and he protected him. And when he heard him, he did many things and heard him gladly. So Herod had him in prison. That was enough because of his wife. 
She hated him because in the language, John was constantly not just telling them that they shouldn't be married, but he was preaching it to the whole, all of Israel. He was telling them they shouldn't be married. <laughs> he stole his brother's wife. By the way, again, try to figure this out. Herodias is actually Antipas's niece, half-niece. She was married to a man named Philip, another brother who lived in Rome, who was also her half-uncle. We're going to sing, I'm my own grandpa. Have you remember that song? So when you start looking at this family tree, it gets real confusing. But Herodias is a wicked woman in her own right. And because of that, this man, Herod Antipas, who's wicked as well, locks up John the Baptist to appease her. But notice, she's not happy with that. She wants to kill John the Baptist. You know the old saying, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned? Don't look at your wives. Just, just look at me. Um, that is a true saying. But men, you're just as bad, right? And we're going to get into that. Amen. Did I hear an amen? Uh, men, you're just as bad, and all the women said. Yeah, see? I'm going to stir things up. I'm sorry. But she was angry and bitter at John the Baptist. And uh, why? Because he pointed out their sin. Again, in Christ, we're new. You know, if somebody points out your sin, don't kill the messenger. Just admit it and move on. And ask God to change you. But have you ever heard that saying, if you throw a rock into a pack of dogs, the one that yelps is the one that got hit? Well, Herodias got hit. And so did Antipas. Because they knew they were living in sin. But don't kill the messenger. When someone comes to you and says, hey, I saw you doing this, or hey, have you ever thought about this? When someone comes to you in love, especially in the Christian family, and they want to correct you or help you, just listen. But what do we often do when somebody comes and provokes our pride because they tell us about our sin? Well, what about you? <laughs> you know, have you ever, and I know married couples would never do this, okay? Um, but, you know, when you point something out, the, married, the other spouse might say, oh, yeah, but you did this. Oh, but you did this. And they try to one-up you, you know? I, I don't know. I mean, my wife and I never have done that. So I'm just talking about your experience. Um, but that's the truth, isn't it? Like, that's immediately what we want to do is say, oh, yeah? Well, how bad are you? We want to turn it. But you know the best thing to do? When something's pointed out in our lives that's sinful, just take it. Pray about it. You know, I find one of two reactions normally. If somebody says something that's wholly untrue, I might get offended a little bit, but I'll eventually let it go. But if somebody says something that's true and I get offended, it doesn't go away. <laughs> and so I know it's me. It's not them. So don't kill the messenger. That's what she wants to do. But again, Herodias, she's just waiting for her moment. And then she compounds sin with more sin. And that's what sin does too, right? When you sin, when you falter, when you fail, you have to cover it up with more sin. Have you ever noticed that? Mark 6, 21 and 22 says, Then an opportune day came when Herod on his birthday gave a feast for his nobles, the high officers, and the chief men of Galilee. And when Herodias... Uh, when her daughter herself came in and danced and pleased Herod and those who sat with him, the king said to the girl, ask me whatever you want and I will give it to you. So she's been stewing and she's been plotting and she's been planning. And what does she do? She uses her own daughter, Salome. I want you to just understand this. This dance is not an innocent dance. I think you kind of understand what's going on. We're all adults for the most part, so I don't really need to go into detail. This is not just any dance, but it's no dance that a princess should ever do. Okay, But the mom doesn't care. She uses her daughter against John the Baptist and against her own husband. And understand, she's doing this provocative dance in front of Herod and all these men. This is his half-niece and stepdaughter. 
Again, you figure out the family tree. Okay? This is wicked. And not only that, um, I love what John Trapp says. John Trapp is a, he, a Bible commentary, and it's from, like, I think the 1800s. And it's kind of that old English. You know, when I read, whenever I read his quotes, I feel like I have to use an English accent. So he says, With immodest gesticulations and tripping on the toe, wherewith the old fornicator was so inflamed that he swore she should have anything of him. <laughs> this is what's happened. The mom, the wicked mom, uses the wicked daughter against the wicked father to get him twisted, to have him start to lust after this woman, after his stepdaughter niece, and uh, so that she could manipulate the situation, all to get the head of John the Baptist. And notice this, Herod's pride, because that's an even worse sin, Herod's pride, verse 23 through 26, it says, he also swore to her, whatever you ask me, I will give you up to half of my kingdom. So she went out and said to her mother, what shall I ask? See, this, is, this plan was in place. And, he, and she said, the head of John the Baptist. Immediately she came in with haste to the king and added, saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. She adds that. She's in on this whole plan. Give me his head on a platter. And the king was exceedingly sorry. Yet because, did you see this, guys? Because of the oaths and because of those who sat with him, he did not want to refuse her. Who? His pride. You know, and the other thing about it is he's talking real big. You know, you've ever been around those folks too? Talk real big. Herod Antipas didn't even have the right to give up half his kingdom. It belonged to Rome. And he was only ruler over a fourth of the land anyway, and it was more like a, a governorship, not a kingship. So he's talking big. He's doing all this. But because he had put himself in a corner with his pride, he had to follow through with it. And then verse 27 through 28, look at this. Immediately the king sent an executioner and commanded his head to be brought. And he went and beheaded him in prison, brought his head on a platter, and gave it to the girl. And the girl gave it to her mother. Whew. What an evil, wicked story. Don't you just feel like you've got to go home and take a shower after this sermon? You know, these, these folks are evil. But here's another lesson for all of us. You know, we're talking about legacy and heritage. Never involve your kids or your grandkids in your own sin. Never involve those you love in your own sin. Just compounds problems. Teaches them horrible lessons. You know, what kind of legacy you're going to leave to your kids or grandkids if all they ever see from you is manipulation, sin, pride. I think those are powerful lessons in this day and age. What do you guys think? I want some feedback. What do you think? No, I'm just... So, but that's true, isn't it? And not only that, it impacts everyone else around us. When we walk in sin, it's like a ripple effect, isn't it? Collateral damage. Don't involve other people in your sin. Woe to you who cause one of my little ones to stumble. It'd be better for you to tie a millstone around your neck and throw yourself in the deepest part of the ocean. I take those passages serious, and we all should as believers. But because of lust, because of manipulation, because of anger, because of bitterness, and because of pride, ultimately, look at all the sin that unfolded in this passage this whole story. And I didn't even touch some of it. I mean, there's things in here you could really go in depth, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to belabor it. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit golgothafellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, 
and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.